0: My name is Herb Montgomery, and I'm the director of Renewed Heart Ministries. We are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about rediscovering, following, and helping others rediscover the teachings and sayings of the historical Jesus of Nazareth. We believe that these teachings have an intrinsic value in informing the work of non-violently confronting, liberating, and transforming our world into a safe, more just, more compassionate home for us all. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast for now we simply want to thank you for listening This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to this week's weekly podcast. Our, fe- our title this week is The Tree is Known by Its Fruit. Our feature text is Sayings Gospel Q6, 43-45. No healthy tree bears rotten fruit, nor, on the other hand, does a decayed tree bear healthy fruit. For from the fruit the tree is known. Are figs picked from thorns or grapes from thistles? The good person from one's good treasure casts up good things, and the evil person from from the evil treasure casts up evil things. For from exuberance of heart one's mouth speaks. Our companion texts this week are Luke 6, 43-45. No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For uh, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 5, 7- 7, seven fifteen through 18 uh, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Matthew 12, 33-35. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For from the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings uh, brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Uh, lastly, last companion text, Gospel of Thomas 45, Jesus says, Grapes are not harvested from thorns, nor are figs picked from thistles, for they do not produce uh, fruit. A good person p- brings forth good from his treasure. A bad person brings forth evil from his, from the uh, bad treasure that is in his heart. And in fact, he speaks evil for out of the abundance of the heart, he brings forth evil. Now, the, the saying that we're considering this week answers a question that typically arises when I invite people to open, to be more open, to, 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 theological perspectives, more theological perspectives, and to listen to the marginalized. People want to know, how do you know which person's interpretation of the Bible is is correct? And, And the good thing about this question is that it comes from people who understand that we all interpret the Bible. All sacred texts need to be interpreted, but sometimes we confuse our interpretations with the text itself, and and we fear that if we come to understand the the scriptures in a new way, that means the scriptures themselves are being threatened. And over the years, I've often been accused of throwing out the Bible or ignoring what the Bible teaches, but that isn't the case at all. I may challenge a certain interpretation of a Bible passage because the, the interpretation is Destructive or it's harmful, especially when applied to the lives of real people, it results in death rather than abundant life. But that's very different from throwing out the Bible. I may embrace a different interpretation of a text than the ones I used to teach, or that some of my readers or accusers may take for granted. But that's very different from ignoring what the Bible teaches. In order to consider interpreting the Bible differently, I first have to take the Bible seriously. If we were throwing out the Bible, we wouldn't even debate interpretations of the Bible. So, because I take the scripture seriously, I believe it's important, as I shared last week, that we learn how people who experience life differently than us, how they read, how they hear and and understand the scriptures that we have in common. The scriptures shape our lives. And so we don't need to just know which person's interpretation of the text is correct. We also need to ask whose interpretation is not correct and how can we know. Well, Jesus is teaching uh, this week, is what he's teaching us in this saying, Um, is the answer to that. So, so this is again, Sang's gospel Q 643 through 45, no healthy tree bears rotten fruit, nor on the other hand, does a decayed tree bear healthy fruit for from the fruit, the tree is known. Are figs picked from thorns, grapes from thistles? The good person from one's good treasure casts up good things, and the evil person from the evil treasure casts up evil things. For from exuberance of heart, one's mouth speaks. Jesus invites us here to look beyond what teachers say, to look at what is left in the wake of various textual interpretations and our lives being enriched or our lives being destroyed. European colonial and patriarchal theology, which is often privileged by being referred to simply as theology with no adjective, has been the source of much harm in our world. And I came to learn this through sitting at a a shared table where I could hear non-homogeneous voices speaking on, on their respective experiences. And as we learn to listen to those who differ from us, we can understand what, consequences certain scriptural interpretations and the policies that we've built on those interpretations have had for different sectors of the human family. And from this posture of listening uh, to the stories of one another, we can begin to discern which interpretations of, of sacred text are, are healthy trees bearing healthy fruit in people's lives, and which interpretations are, are decayed trees producing rotten fruit. Jesus's principle principles uh his principle here is true i believe of all religions and of all the texts that each religion holds sacred uh, again sacred text and the interpretations and explanations of those texts they're not the same thing. Every religion contains various interpretations of its text, and as followers of Jesus, we must have our, our blind eyes open through perceiving the fruit of these different interpretations, and, and then have the courage to choose interpretations that are truly life-giving rather than rotten for, for all people. Wisdom teachings, let's talk about that for a moment. This week's saying from Sayings Gospel Q uh, is included in Matthew, Luke, Luke and the Gospel of Thomas, and it's classified in all three as part of Jesus's wisdom teachings as opposed to apocalyptic teachings. And we'll discuss the differences between wisdom sayings, apocalypticism, and, and even Platonism and, and in much more detail as we continue along in the sayings of uh, Gospel Q. But for now, uh, what, I, what you need to know is that the early Jesus communities, they saw this saying that we're looking at this week as an ethical teaching that enabled them to find the way that leads to life rather than self-destruction. And it is as true for us today as it was for them. There is no such thing as an objective interpretation of sacred text. And and theologies tell us far more about theologians than they can ever uh, tell us about God. As, as James Cone states in, in God of the Oppressed, the assumption that theological thinking is objective or universal is ridiculous. That's page 41. And a few pages before this statement, he explains why on page 36. Because Christian theology is human speech about God. It is always related to historical situations, and thus all of its assertions are culturally limited. Theology is not universal language. It is interested language and thus is always a reflection of the goals and the aspirations of a particular people in a definite social setting. Again, that's James H. Cohn, God of the Oppressed, page 36 and page 41. So when a non-homogeneous community can analyze the fruit of various perspectives. And when that community includes diversity of race and sex and gender and orientation and identity, we can begin to create interpretations of sacred texts that are life-giving for the whole human family, not just some sectors of it. And as individuals, um, we, we do not see things as they are, but rather as we ourselves are, not initially, uh, privately, or even personally. But, but does this mean... That subjective theologies are without value? And, and I would say no, not at all. All theologies have value. They have moral value. They either tend or trend toward life or they lead toward death. And, and we determine together the value of interpretations that our communities hold sacred. Let me give you three concrete examples of what I'm talking about. And, and there are various interpretations of the certain biblical texts that people feel speak to same-sex relationships, as well as those who identify as transgender and or gender non-conforming. Here are the facts. Number one, suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people from ages 10 to 24. But suicide is the leading cause of death of lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth nationally. And LGB youth who, who, who come from highly rejecting families, they are 8.4 times more likely to have attempted suicide than their peers who report zero to low family rejection. And many of these parent, parents uh, feel that they must must choose between uh, their faith and, and their children. And I'll give you a link to the source for these statistics in this week's uh, e-site for all three of these. So number two, LGBT youth are twice as likely to end up homeless. 20% of the homeless youth uh, are LGBT in comparison with, with LGBT youth, which is only 10% of the general youth population. So on, on top of this, once they're thrown out by their families, 58.7% of LGBT homeless youth, they They've been uh, sexually victimized compared to only thirty three point four percent of heterosexual homeless youth. So it's no wonder LGBT homeless youth uh, commit suicide at higher rates. the The, the statistic is sixty two percent higher than heterosexual homeless youth. They they uh, they um, attempt suicide or commit suicide at a rate of only twenty nine percent. And I'll, I'll give you the statistic for that too. But last year, number three, last year. 22 transgender women were murdered in the U.S. alone. And the number of these hate crimes, they continue to grow each year at an alarming rate. When an interpretation of any sacred text in any religion is at the root of this type of fruit, that interpretation must be deemed Destructive, and we could do this well, not just with with this sector of our human family. We could talk about how the Bible has been used racially. We could talk about how the Bible has been used to justify interpretations of the Bible have been used to justify uh, 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 oppressing the poor with economic destruction. Um, and with all of this in mind, we examine the sayings and teachings of Jesus in their own cultural and social setting first. Jesus was a poor uh, Jewish man in a first century Palestine setting um, that was under the 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 Roman political power and economic control and his wisdom teachings helped his followers create an intentional community that embraced their interconnectedness, um, not only with each other but even their their interdependence on each other as a means of survival. Uh, Stephen J. Patterson, in his book *The Lost Way: How Two Forgotten Gospels Are Rewriting the Story of Christian Origins*, he puts it this way, and I think it's quite he puts it quite nicely. This is page seventy four through seventy five. To seek the empire of God might just mean seeking out the way of life by which all have access to the means of life, even the poor and the hungry. Here is the beginning of a program of shared resources of the most basic sort, food and care. It's an exchange. If some have food, all will eat. If any get sick, some who eat will be there to care for them. The empire of God was a way to survive, which is to say salvation. And ponder that last phrase for a moment, a way to survive, which is to say salvation. Liberation and survival are two separate things. Thriving is not surviving. And and while the the ultimate goal is liberation and, and to thrive, Uh, In the in-between goal, uh, before we get there on the way to that goal, um, the in-between goal is to survive in the process of getting there. So for all those working toward a safer, more just, more compassionate home for us all, and especially for those who are allowing the the teachings of Jesus to matter in their lives and and to shape their perspectives and, and behavior, Sang's Gospel Q states, no healthy tree bears rotten fruit. Nor, on the other hand, does a decayed tree bear healthy fruit, for from the fruit the tree is known. Are figs picked from thorns or grapes from thistles? The good person from one's good treasure casts up good things, and the evil person from the evil treasure casts up evil things. For from exuberance of heart, one's mouth speaks. Heart group application this week. This week, contemplate what it means for you to begin evaluating biblical interpretations and their effects, uh, not just on yourself, but also on the most vulnerable communities in our society. And one good way to do this is to continue what you started with last week's heart group application. Number one, keep reading the book that your group chose and keep listening. Number two, begin journaling the insights and the questions and the feelings that you experience as you work through the material. And number three, circle in your journal entries what you want to share with your group when you review the book together next month. And Review Week, the time where you're going to go over this, is now only about three weeks away. So to each of you who are joining us on this journey through Sayings Gospel Q, I want to thank you. I'm so glad that you're tracking with us. Keep contemplating the fruits of your interpretations. Keep listening and keep living in love. till. The only world that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Once again, for listening, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free, even our educational events that we do in various venues. If you would like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking the Donate tab on the top right. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries P.O. Box 1211 Lewisburg, West Virginia 24901 Make sure you also sign up for our free resources and remember every little bit helps. And as always anything we receive over and above our annual budget we happily give away to other not-for-profits who are making both systemic and personal differences significant differences in the line of those not presently benefited by the status quo. And to those of you who are already supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, your generous support makes it possible for us to exist and to continue being a presence of positive change in our world. So with all of our hearts, thank you. Together we are making a difference till the only world that remains is a world where only love reigns.